they've been married for 30 years. He's a pioneer of Catholic lay evangelization, and she has a master's degree in theology. Put on the coffee and get ready to open the scriptures. It's time for Bible with the Barbers. Now, here's Terry and Mary Danielle. Welcome. Welcome on this Friday, the 13th of November, the feast of uh, St. Francis Xavier Cabrini. And as someone reminded me today, a lot of people are superstitious about the number 13. Well, you don't need to be. The Blessed Mother Mary appeared on the 13th of the month for five consecutive months to redeem whatever superstition you had. That's a good answer. That wasn't my idea, but that's a great one to share. Yeah. (laughs) Whatever you had about a superstition, no, God's redeemed it all. He redeemed the whole thing. That's right. And, And by the way, I had a thought, too. Uh, does anybody out there know what a baker's dozen is? How many are in a baker's dozen? A baker's dozen has 13 in it. If you would go to the baker and ask for him from a baker's dozen of cookies or donuts, he would give you 13, not 12. Wow. Yeah, you got a bonus. So, hey, 13 is a good thing. Yeah. You know? I bet. Awesome. <laughs> well, Mary, I told the listeners from the Terry and Jesse show, I hope you're still listening on the app or on YouTube, that we're talking about what we consider... The church teaches the Eucharist the source and summit of the Christian life. I can't get tired of talking about Jesus and the Eucharist. <laughs> Amen. Because think about what the world is going through right now, and they're nervous. I mean, we're burying a gentleman right now at our chapel as we speak. Yes. And his son told us that his dad was so upset with the election that he was getting all riled up and he had a heart attack. <gasps> oh, my heavens. See, when he could have, and I'm just really saying, yeah. go visit Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament. Don't lose your peace yeah. because of a, a doggone election. Yeah. Pray, uh, hope, and don't worry. You got Padre it. Pio. So we usually look at the readings for the day first, so we want to do that. And it's interesting, the first letter is from the, the first reading is from the letter of John. And um, he talks about, in the first letter of John, it's, it, excuse me, it's not, it's not from the second letter of John. Second letter of John, second letter of John, verses four through nine. I rejoice greatly to find some of your children walking in the truth, just as we were commanded by the Father. But now, lady, I ask you, not as though I were writing you a new commandment, but the one you had from the beginning. Let us love one another. Mm. For this is love, that we walk according to his commandments. This is the commandment as you heard from the beginning, in which you should walk. Many deceivers have gone out into the world. Those who do not acknowledge Jesus Christ as coming in the flesh, such is the deceitful one and the Antichrist. Look to yourselves that you do not lose what we have worked for, but may receive a full recompense. Anyone who is so progressive as not to remain in the teaching of Christ does not have God. That's hard hitting. That very hard hitting. Whoever remains in the teaching has the Father and the Son. The word of the Lord. Thanks. Interesting. John tells us to walk in the truth. So in this particular time in history, especially right now in our country, what we're praying for is the triumph of truth. Exactly. We want to know the truth. Everybody write your letter to the president and ask for an audit of this particular election because we want to know the truth. We want to know what really happened. Okay. And that's going to take some doing. But here's the deal. We walk in the truth. By the way, no lie has any place with God. No lie. And it's funny. I remember I was talking to somebody one time about, you know, lying. And they said, well, the commandment is thou shalt not bear false witness against your neighbor. So as long as you're not lying about your neighbor, you can lie. You can tell things that are not true. And it's like, no, 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 wait a minute. 
God is truth, and there is no lie that is any place. And this idea that, oh, I can tell a little white lie. Well, you can choose to tell a little white lie, but a little white lie is still a lie, and it's still a sin. It may not be a mortal sin, but here's the deal. If we compromise with sin, if we say, well, it's okay for me to commit this sin because it's just a little sin, and I don't work diligently to weed that out of my life, you know, no number of venial sins can ever equal a mortal sin. Amen. Right. But every sin we commit, even venial sin, darkens the intellect and weakens the will so that when I'm tempted to commit a moral sin, if I've made a compromise with venial sin, it'll be much easier for me to fall away from God and, and in, in a mortal sin. So don't, do, don't go there. And what does he command? He commands love. And what does he do here? He does what Jesus does in the gospel. He equates loving your neighbor and God with keeping the commandments. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. There you go. And so the first three commandments are about God, and the next seven are about your neighbor. So you keep the commandments, and you are honest, you are true, but you never do anything that is going to harm your neighbor. And what's the greatest thing to harm your neighbor? To lead your neighbor into sin. And Mary, if I can give a plug to Bishop Joseph Strickland from Tyler, Texas. We just finished the Ten Commandments on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. They're on the podcast. Check it out because I think he did a fantastic job sharing those Ten Commandments with us so that you know we could get that anytime on our website or yeah. on our app. And we need that. We need those explanations. We need to be reminded every day because every day we are tempted. What did Jesus say? The just man falls seven times a day. Mm-hmm. Don't get tired of asking God for forgiveness. And by the way, no, God doesn't forgive your sins if you don't ask. Right. We do have to ask. <laughs> so, But, but John, he, he, he's pretty strong here, isn't he? The deceitful one and the antichrist. <clears throat> Anyone who doesn't acknowledge Christ as coming in the flesh is the deceitful one in the Antichrist. <clears throat> Excuse me. And he says, anyone who is so progressive as to not remain in the teaching of Christ does not have God. So when we have people who come along and say, well, you know, have a better the, idea. the church used to believe, but we know better now. Yeah, that's You know what? They no longer have Christ and they no longer have God. And so we want to be careful. The gospel says what it says, and it means what it says, okay? And when, when Jesus Christ condemns sin, he condemns sin. It's wrong. And, and Now, remember, sometimes people think, well, if you tell me it's wrong, then you're condemning me, and you're saying, I'm going to hell. No, honey, I'm saying that the action itself is wrong. It's offensive to God. It degrades you. So you want to stop doing that because it's actually harmful to you, and it interferes with your relationship with God. So give up that sinful action and live in the freedom that has been won for you with the price of the blood of Jesus Christ, the Lamb. And Mary, just a quick note, we can trust the Bible. Uh, So many times we've got theologians in our own lifetime Mm -hmm. that have just poo-pooed the idea that we really don't know what Jesus said or what he did. (laughs) And it's just so contrary to what the teachings of the church teach. Right. Absolutely. Look to the teachings of the church. Read the Second Vatican Council document, Dei Verbum, on the Word of God. And it's very clear. The Word of God is first and foremost the second person of the Blessed Trinity. Mm -hmm. But it's also written down in the Scriptures. The Scriptures are inspired by God. The the original texts are inerrant and and, um, inspired. So it's reliable. The Scriptures are reliable. So don't change them. Don't come up with a new and better idea. And don't say we can't know Jesus. We can know Jesus. And just let me jump in. Dr. Scott Hahn did something 30 years ago for us. 
Can we trust the Bible? Absolutely. Six yeah. hours of teaching. You'd have it at Steubenville, of course, but not everybody listening right now can go to Steubenville and take that course. No. But you can do it through Virgin Most Powerful Radio, and here's how you do it. Call 877-526-215 and get the download of that class of six hours. No, it's not going to cost you thousands of dollars to register for this class. It's absolutely free. Now, if you want to make a free will offering when you get the download and help Virgin Most Powerful, you're free to do that. <laughs> and we thank you. Yeah, and we thank you. And, and, and if, you, if you don't have the money, the funds to do that, then we ask you to pray for us. That's right. And we thank you for that. And we know that once you've heard this, you will be grateful oh. to God and you will praise God for it. And just offer that, uh, offer a prayer for Virgin Most Powerful Radio sure. and the work that we do. And then, Amen. absolutely, we will be, you know, please God, we will all be grateful for eternity. And Mary, we'll get if there. I can jump in, we're giving these resources because after 41 years of being involved in evangelization, I started St. Joseph Communications, Lighthouse Catholic Media, so I have lots of thousands of recordings, and they're sitting here. And so what we do is we download those out to our monthly donors. Yes. Every single month, you're learning about your faith on the Bible with Dr. Scott Hahn, Tim Staples, Jesse Romero, Steve Ray, hundreds of talks, if not thousands, are going to go your way. And all I ask for those who can give $25 per month to Virgin Most Powerful, you'll get on it like it's like automatic. Like you want to get your vitamins every single month. I'm on <laughs> one of these vitamins things. They bill my card. We bill your card for $25, but you get hundreds of dollars worth of programming right on your computer. And that programming is teaching uh, for the spiritual life to help you grow right. in your knowledge and love of Jesus Christ. Right. Remember, our re our religion is our, our faith. Our faith is first and foremost a personal love relationship right. with God who loves us. Amen. And God is a trinity of persons. He's a community of love and life, right. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And he loves us so much that God sent his only son, right? Right. And. And I want to do a little bit on the gospel here, so we'll start it. But I think after we're the break, let me give a little break, break here. Let me give a little commercial. Tuesday nights you do a Bible study. Yes, here at the Sacred Heart Chapel. For those in Southern California, yes, you come into the church. I'm just being honest. We, we social distance. I get that, but I'll even put the heater on if it's cold. <laughs> if it's too cold. <laughs> but we want you to come to this Bible study in person because you're going to learn a lot about your faith. I think you're doing something with the catechism right now. Right, right now we're trying to do the catechism and show the connection between the catechism and the Bible. Oh. And how the, the catechism is a, is a commentary. It's the church's teaching mm -hmm. that shows us how the church teaches from the scriptures. Right. It's awesome. It's, it's awesome. That, as a matter of fact, Father Glenn Botton, who's a convert from the Anglican faith, he was yeah, our pastor, Calvary yeah. Chapel and yeah. then a Presbyterian, Presbyterian minister. Yep. And then a, he used to, Used the Catechism of the Catholic Church when he was a Protestant yep. to prepare his sermons. Because yeah, he said it was so articulate and, and, and succinct when it came to teaching Christ's teachings. Yeah, it, it's incredible. I mean, pick up a Catechism of the Catholic Church. I don't care what denomination you are. And start from the beginning and start reading it. So when we come back, what are we going to do? We're going to talk about the Eucharist. We're going to talk, I a, and I, I'm going to use the gospel today because I want to point something out about what the fathers of the church had to say about this particular gospel in regards to the Eucharist. Who are those fathers of the church, Mary? People say that all the time. Tell us. The fathers of the church were the, were the, um, the bishops, the doctors, the, the spiritual saints. writers, yeah. the saints of the church for the first 600 years who told us what the early church looked like and explained to us what the early church really believed. So you have a lot of there in tradition that that uh, Saint Augustine, Saint Saint Cyril of Jerusalem, Saint Cyril of Antioch, um, so many. Jerome. Good. 
Well, that's what we're here. We're here at the Bible with the Barbers. Tell your friends they want a Bible study. Join us every single Friday here on Virgin Most Powerful. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Jesse Romero from the Terry and Jesse Show, also from Jesus 911. Let's face it, we all need to use the internet, but we need screen accountability. Why? Pornography is a huge problem, especially on the internet. And every time we tap into the internet, we get bombarded with images and temptations that degrade our humanity. So we need Covenant Eyes to block these pornographic sites and advertisements from infiltrating our lives. Covenant Eyes helps us take custody of our eyes and custody of our intellect. So I recommend you go to CovenantEyes.com and type in the promo code VMPR to support the network. Protect yourself and your family from the eminent threats on the internet. www.CovenantEyes.com code VMPR live porn free. Thank you for listening to Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Thank you. God bless you. Keep the faith. Jesus said to the apostles in Luke chapter 10, Whoever listens to you listens to me, and whoever rejects you rejects me. According to St. Boniface, in her voyage across the ocean of this world, the church is like a great ship being pounded by the waves of life's different stresses. Our duty is not to abandon ship, but to keep her on course. May our Lord help us remain ever faithful to his church, to aid and defend her. Buying or selling your home or your business property? This is Terry Barber. Real Estate for Life underwrites The Terry and Jesse Show. And they can connect you to one of 900 pro-life real estate agents around the world. And when they receive their referral fee, they will give 80% of it to a pro-life organization. Wow, that's 80%. Realestateforlife.org, 877-LIFE-US1. Now, back to Bible with the Barbers. If you have a question or comment, call 888-526-2151. Here's Terry and Mary Danielle. Welcome back to Bible with the Barbers. So we promised you we'd take a look at the gospel of today. Today is the um, Friday of the 32nd week in ordinary time, and the gospel is from the gospel of Luke, verses 26 through 37. And Jesus said to his disciples, As it was in the days of Noah, so will it be in the days of the Son of Man. They were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, up until the day that Noah entered the ark, and the flood came and destroyed them all. Similarly, as it was in the days of Lot, they were eating, drinking, buying, selling, planning, building. On the day when Lot left Sodom, fire and brimstone rained from the sky and destroyed them all. On that day, excuse me, we have a little bit here, I forgot. So it will be on the day of the Son of Man is revealed. One, on that day, someone who is on the housetop and whose belongings are in the house must not go down to get them. And likewise, one in the field must not return to what he left behind. Remember the wife of Lot, 
Whoever seeks to preserve his life will lose it. Whoever loses its, his life will save it. I tell you, on that night there will be two people in one bed. One will be taken and the other left. And there will be two women grinding meal together. One will be taken and the other left. And they said to him, imply, where, Lord? And he said to them, where the body is, there also will the vultures gather. By the way, that's also translated the eagles. And I want to make a comment on that. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So what's going on here? Jesus is warning us that, okay, Noah, Noah, during Noah's time, and this is chapter six of Genesis, and the evil had so, men had become so evil and wicked, God said, I'm done with them. And if Noah was uh, of the line of Seth, he was righteous, he had been faithful to the Lord, and so God spared Noah, his three sons, and the wives of Noah and his sons. And Noah builds the ark, and people are laughing at him, and they're eating and drinking. And in other words, Noah's, there's a punishment coming from your sins for your sins. And Noah's building this ark because God said He's going to destroy you all. And they're all laughing at him, but they're not turning away from their sin. And the same in Sodom and Gomorrah, God, you know, goes He goes down. He says, you know, I've heard the cry against Sodom and Gomorrah. I'm going to go down, and and He He sends um, His angels down to look along with the, the fathers of the church have a beautiful commentary on this, that it wasn't just the, the, the two were angels and one was, was actually the, the second person of the Blessed Trinity. You know, the, the, there were three of them representing the Trinity. And um, so they go, and the deal is, when they get to Sodom, they go into the house, they go and they're, they said they, they're there and Lot finds them in the square and they're, they're visitors passing through, it looks like. And, 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 and they say, well, we're just going to sleep in the public square tonight. And Lot says, no, 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 no. Don't do that. Don't do that. Come into my house. Because the men of Sodom were deeply steeped in the sin of homosexuality. And yes, it's a sin. It's, it's unnatural. It's an offense against God. It's not according to God's plan. I'm not saying that that, that means that people who have same-sex attraction are somehow intrinsically evil. But the action, the, the, the acting out on that, the sexual acting out on that inclination is intrinsically evil. You know, so it's not the person, it's what the person does. And it, you're still a child of God. God still wants you to be free from that sin. But you have to renounce the sin. And, and there are lots of people who are living chaste lives, even though they have same-sex attraction. That can be done. All of us, you know... Are, there are a lot of heterosexuals who aren't married and still have to live a chaste life. You know, it's, we, even married couples have to live a chaste life. You know, it, so, yeah, we all have to live chastity. And so the, the men go, and, and they go into Lot's house, and the men of Sodom gather at the door of Lot's house, and they demand to have these two strangers who have come to town, these two men who have come to town, to have them and abuse them. And Lot says, no, 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 no. I have two virgin daughters here. Have my daughters. No, we want the men. And they start, they're going to break down Lot's door and by force take these men. And what happens? The angels strike them blind. Mm. They, they lose their sight and they can't. So they can't break into Lot's house. And in the morning, the angels take Lot out. So that Lot is not, and what, what's this reference to Lot's house? Remember, uh, Lot's wife, well, that God, God first, Jesus says in the gospel that, okay, so the punishment will come. And when, when you see the signs that the punishment is coming, you need to get ready. All right, be ready to leave. Leave everything behind. You take nothing with you. Have no attachment to anything of this earth. So you can leave everything behind. Okay? And then he says, remember Lot's wife. What happened? <laughs> Scott Hahn always make an, made a joke about it, you know. Well, you might say God assaulted her. <laughs> 
she was turned into a pillar of salt. You know, she turned into salt. There you go. And, and that's what happens to the human body if you take all the water out of it. It turns into a little pile of chemicals. So fire and brimstone came down to punish Sodom and Gomorrah for their sins. And it wasn't just lack of hospitality. The punishment for lack of hospitality was not death. <laughs> but here's the deal. In its immediate historical context, God is warning the Christians that because Jerusalem rejected their Messiah, Jesus is warning them, because they rejected the Messiah, and, and they, they decided they were going to build their own kingdom. And if you read the history, according to Josephus, the wickedness in Jerusalem multiplied and multiplied, and you had these factions within Jerusalem, and you had lots of horrible, awful things going on. If you get Josephus's, <clears throat> the Jewish histories, and you can read the details, it's pretty gruesome. And so then the Romans come and they decide, this is it, we're destroying Jerusalem. And <clears throat> the Christians had been warned, okay? So you see, you know, when you see the sign of, of uh, it, when you see the signs of this coming, you need to leave, you need to flee. But don't, if you're on the housetop, don't go into the house and take anything. Hmm. If you're out in the fields, don't go back to the city. Have no attachment to anything in this world. Be ready to leave everything of this world so that you can have life with Christ. And that's, that's... That applies for us for today, doesn't it? It absolutely applies for us today. And, and that, you know, there'll be two people in one bed. One will be taken and one will be left. The fathers of the church interpret this to mean the, the wicked will be taken. They will allow, they will be taken and, and the righteous will be left. They won't be punished. And that doesn't mean that everybody who suffers is wicked, okay? Right. And this is, we've seen this over and over again in history. The, the innocent suffer with the, the guilty. If you go back and read the Old Testament in the exile, there were faithful Jews who were taken into exile. Hmm. Read the book of Tobit. Read the book of Daniel. You know, they were taken into exile, and they were faithful. And, and Daniel wasn't the only one. There were three others there with him, Ananias, Azariah, and Mishael. They were all faithful, but they were still taken into exile. Because they have to witness to God in this foreign land and in the midst of this paganism. And you have this played out in the, in the lives of the saints, too. You know, Blessed Kateri Tekakwitha was, was born in an Indian tribe where they had wife swapping and cannibalism. <laughs> and she, her mother was a Christian and wouldn't participate in any of that. And her mother died of smallpox when she was five years old. But Kateri, so then Kateri was an orphan because her father died also and her brother. They all died of smallpox. But her father had been the chief of the Turtle Clan. So she was a princess. So her uncle raises her, He's, he becomes the chief, but the deal is they want her at one point to get married, and she wants nothing to do with marriage in, in their longhouse, because in their longhouse, you know, everybody wanted to marry a virgin, that was the rule, you, you, you know, a virgin is a virgin, but then once she's married, she's fair game, and they had wife swapping. Oh, no. Yeah, it was, it was and she said, no, I won't have it, and eventually she had to leave her people. Hmm. She, tried, she lived a Christian life up to a certain point, and eventually she, the, the missionaries come and they help her escape. She has to leave them because she can't live the Christian life. Mary, that's a fantastic story about her and the suffering there. When we make a break in a couple, four minutes, I want to give a teaser that will knock you off your horse. You better put your seatbelt on for this one. I We were talking to Brenda Garcia last night about the power of the rosary right. and World War II. So when we come back from the break, I want everybody to listen to this because... This story you're going to want to tell everybody at Thanksgiving dinner. Amen. And they're going to go, where did you get that story from? Virgin Most Powerful Radio. 
Please continue, Mary. And so what we have here at the end is, you know, Jesus, the people, the, but where, Lord? How, when is this going to happen? And Jesus says, where the body lies, there. there also will the vultures gather. And it's interesting that they use that translation. Yeah. Okay, vulture is a category for all the birds of prey, large birds of prey, okay, that supposedly have no feathers on their head. I found that interesting when I read that description because another translation of that word is eagles. And the fathers of the church and the doctors of the church have always this is interesting. Have right? always described yeah. this as where the body lies. The, the body is referring to the Eucharist. Aha. There will the eagles gather. And the eagles are referring to the Christians. And here is the major difference between vultures and eagles. Okay? An eagle, they belong to the same uh, biotanical family, mm-hmm. but bot- botany, I can't, I don't know if that's that. Anyway, the difference is an eagle searches for its prey. Mm-hmm. An eagle lives on live flesh, okay? Watch the eagles. What do they do? They catch live prey and they eat it, okay? A vulture waits until it, the prey is dead or is dying, the vulture waits for weakness. And as soon as there are signs of weakness, then the vultures and the vultures, eagles are solitary. There, there'll be two together because they mate, but you have, the vultures are in flocks. Okay? Mm-hmm. So the eagles represent the Christians who will gather around the Eucharist. And this was not my interpretation. This was the interpretation of the fathers of the church and the doctors of the church. The eagles are the Christians who gather around the Eucharist where the body lies, where the body lies. There will the eagles gather. We gather around the Eucharist in times of trouble, in times of confusion, in times of war, in times of famine, in times of we don't know what's going to happen. We're, we're, we're tempted to be afraid and, and to let fear take over. Then we gather around the Eucharist, the Holy Eucharist. That's where we gather. And you know, Mary, there's a great need for Eucharistic adoration. Remember St. John Paul II said, let our adoration never cease. Never cease, never cease. And you know, that's why yesterday, for those who didn't watch the Terry and Jesse show, we had uh, Kevin O'Brien, a former football player in the NFL, talk about what they're doing in Wisconsin <clears throat> regarding <clears throat> Eucharistic processions <clears throat> in the streets of Wisconsin, and now it's growing all over the world. Right. So I would recommend that you check that podcast out on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Mary, I gave a teaser about the rosary. The rosary and the Eucharist go together. Yes, they do. You always pray before the Blessed Sacrament, the rosary. Amen. But there's a story that you're going to tell when we come back that is so powerful in regards to the power of the rosary, even to non-Catholics. Absolutely. World War II setting, and a Canadian soldier has to tell a story that we've got for you that will inspire you to fall deeper in love with Jesus Christ and his bride, the church. Again, for those who can make out every Tuesday night here at the Sacred Heart Chapel in downtown Covina, Mary Danielle has her Bible study. Right now she's dealing with the catechism in the Bible. And you're really learning a lot about your faith. And don't get distracted too much by the election, by anything in this world, because all things are passing. All things are passing. Only God remains changeless. That's a good thought to remember for today. Yes, it is. God is with me. He's by my side. He's living in the presence of God. That's the key to living a life of serenity. Right. And, and here in this gospel, Jesus warns us, if we're trying to save our life in this world, oh, boy. if that's our only focus, we're going to lose our life. Wow. It's when we lose our life in this world and give it to Christ and give ourselves to Christ, 
then we find our life. Wow. You know, that was the quote from Bishop Sheen on the Terry and Jesse show. Don't ask what God's going to give me. What are you giving to God? Give yourself back to God. Exactly. And Wow, we're, it's fun. I hope you're enjoying the Bible with the Barbers as much as I do. We'll be back with that rosary story that's going to blow you away. I guarantee it. Right back. Welcome, Daniel. You're on the line. What's on your mind, brother? Hi, I just wanted to share a testimony about Virgin Most Powerful Radio. I had a buddy at work who, you know, he's a lukewarm Catholic guy, and I wanted him to start listening to the Terry and Jesse show, so I kept telling him to download the app, and he kept putting me off. So one day, I grabbed his phone, and I downloaded the app Uh. for him. I went on vacation, and you know, I kept telling him to listen to it. He was kind of put me off. I came back from vacation. He comes to my cubicle, and he says to me, Hey, man, I've been listening to Terry and Jesse's show, and it's great. And it's uh, made a big impact in his life. The guy, he's going to weekly adoration a couple times a wow. week. He goes to the Mass in the morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's an on-fire Catholic, and he promotes the Terry and Jesse show on the Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Daniel, what a testimony, and I want to encourage our listeners to get those cards by going to virginmostpowerfulradio.org and uh, do what Daniel's doing. Go out and spread the faith by inviting people to listen to Virgin Most Powerful. Daniel, thanks for your testimony, brother. God love you. You're welcome. Genesis 1.27 says, God created man in his own image. Male and female, he created them. According to Pope St. John XXIII, it is not true that some human beings are by nature superior and others inferior. All human beings are equal in their natural dignity. May God help us to look upon everyone as a person created in His image and likeness and treat everyone the same without favoritism or prejudice. Buying or selling your home or your business property? This is Terry Barber. Real Estate for Life underwrites The Terry and Jesse Show, and they can connect you to one of 900 pro-life real estate agents around the world. And when they receive their referral fee, they will give 80% of it to a pro-life organization. Wow, that's 80%. Realestateforlife.org, 877-LIFE-US-1. Now, back to Bible with the Barbers. If you have a question or comment, call 888-526-2151. Here's Terry and Mary Danielle. Welcome back. You hear my wife laughing because I said, you know, honey, in radio, you make a tease at the end of a break. You're going to say, come back and we'll help this story. And so many times you hear on the radio where they don't do it right away. And you're going like, are you going to tell the story or not? Well, we won't do that to you. <laughs> Mary Danielle, the story about World War II and the rosary. Um, in the 1950s, there was a salesman, and he was, um, I guess he had sold something at a con- to a convent school, and he went to, to you know, have the sister sign and collect the payment. And so he went, and sister was very, very busy. She had a lot to do, and she was a little bit niffed mm-hmm. that the salesman was at the door. But anyway, so she opened the door, and she said, okay. He said, sister, I won't take much of your time. I just need your signature on this. And he said, by the way, I even have a pen. So he pulled a pen out of his pocket. When he pulled the pen out of his pocket, a rosary came out. And she mm. said, oh, you're Catholic. 
Catholic. And, and he said, no, actually, I'm not. And she said, you're not Catholic and you have a rosary in your pocket. And he said, yeah. And would you like to hear the story, sister? And she said, yeah, I'd like to hear the story. So he told her, he said, during World War II, I was in the Canadian Air Force. And when we got our flight commander for our battalion, um, or whatever, our group of pilots, mm-hmm. whatever they call that, I might have the wrong wording, so you military people can text me and tell me what I should have said. Um, anyway, the, the commander came in, and he was kind of like George Patton in the sense that George Patton would never ask his troops to do anything that he wasn't going to do. And he would sleep in tents with his, the kind of tents his men slept in. He didn't have officer quarters for himself. And so this, this commander came in and he told him, he said, I'm your new flight commander and I'm not going to be in the officer's quarters. I'm going to stay in the barracks with you men. And so he introduced himself to everybody in the barracks. It's time to retire. Um, they're getting ready to go to bed. And he kneels down at the side of his bed pulls a rosary out of his pocket and prays the rosary out loud hmm. in front of all of his men. See him do this. And afterwards he stands up and he faces his man. And he said, man, I hope you don't mind if I pray, we're going to be facing a lot of tough situations in the, in the coming months, in the coming maybe years. And we need all the help we can get. Amen. So I'm going to pray this rosary every day out loud for God's protection on us. Well, the second night, three men joined him. The third night, all the men were starting to chime in. So they did this all through training. And they're, they're all finished with their training and they get their assignment. They're going to England and they're going to be flying daily sorties over enemy territory. And the commander goes to each man and he hands each man a rosary. Mm-hmm. They're not all Catholic, different denomination, whatever. He doesn't even, and he says, I can promise you faithfully that if you will pray this rosary every day, you will come back alive. Wow. So they went to Europe. They went to England. Mm -hmm. And after they'd been there for a year, some of the other pilots and squadrons noticed something. Mm -hmm. You haven't lost a single plane and you haven't lost (laughs) a single pilot or man. How is this even possible? And... um. So these men all, they went through the war. They came back home. And this man, now in the 1950s, he still has this rosary. And he said, so you see, sister. And in the midst of battle, oh, I forgot. I got to tell you this part. Ooh, yeah. This is good. In the midst of battle. Yes. These are pilots. These are fighter pilots in the midst of battle. And they said the commander's voice could be heard over the radio as we're fighting. Hail Mary, full of grace. The Lord is with thee. And are these people thinking, oh, Mary's a God and she's going to save me? No, they're acknowledging what God has done. Hail Mary, full of grace. The words that God gave the angel Gabriel. And they're meditating on the fact that Jesus Christ is our Savior and he became man to save us. And he came to us through Mary. So now Mary is our mother and we go back to Jesus through Mary. And they're, they're asking him for protection, the Lord Jesus, to protect them and to allow Mary to be a mother to them and protect them the way he, she protected Jesus with Joseph, St. Joseph's help. And so all through the war, they did this. Mm-hmm. And they, they survived. They didn't, that squadron didn't lose a single man or a single plane. And here is this salesman in the 1950s telling sister this story. And he said, you know, sister, that rosary is the most important thing in my life. Wow. You see, when I get up in the morning, before my wallet goes into my pocket, Hmm. that rosary goes in my pocket. I don't go anywhere without it. And so you see what Jesus said about don't cling to the things of this world, but let go of the things of this world, to cling to the things of God. 
He's not saying that Mary is my savior. Jesus Christ is my savior. And I meditate on his life every single day. I look at Jesus as I pray the rosary. And this is the rosary. Mm -hmm. As I pray the rosary, I look at Jesus and I think of what he has done for me and what God has done for me through his son Amen. and all that he offers me, everything that he's promised me, by the way, the glorious mysteries of the rosary, everything he's promised me, resurrection and life eternal with him in heaven. And, and this is why we pray the rosary, by the way, before the Eucharistic presence of our Lord. We Catholics believe what Jesus said in John 6, I am the bread of life. And unless you eat the flesh of the son of man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. And then at the last supper in Matthew, Mark and Luke, he takes bread and he says, this is my body. He doesn't say this is a symbol of my body. This points to the final, you know, when you're going to be in heaven with me, this isn't, you know, no, this is my body. He is God. When God speaks the word, it happens, right? And so the bread and the wine and over the cup, he says, this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and everlasting covenant in Luke, he says. And the only other place that is mentioned is in, in Paul's, in Corinthians, Luke, wrote the gospel as Paul had preached it. That doesn't mean that it's not true. He's the new covenant. Jesus is the new covenant. It's the new covenant in his blood. And so he gives us his flesh and blood to eat. John 6, he's telling us what he's going to do. That's why John doesn't have the institution of the Eucharist in his gospel. First of all, the other three gospels had already written it, but also none of them had given the dialogue at John 6, where Jesus promises, you will eat my flesh and drink my blood. And his he uses very literal, literal language. He does. And remember, many people left him after that, including many of his disciples. The Bible said some disciples never followed him again. Yeah. Had Jesus been speaking symbolically, certainly he would have called them back and explained. But instead, what did he say? He repeated his teaching over and over and then let them leave when they refused to accept it. So God's... He gives you free will. The only value in saying yes to God is you can say no or yes. Amen. And you know, I, and maybe I should challenge somebody I know that's in the Navy to try and find this out for me. You know, in regards to that you have, okay, so we have this miracle story about the Rosary, this yeah. Canadian squadron of yeah. fighter pilots who went over and for, for two years, they flew daily sorties over enemy territory, never lost a plane, never wow. lost a man. Well, I remember when they, we used to have 40 hours devotion. That's right. And the priest, 40 hours devotion is when a parish will expose Jesus in the blessed sacrament for 40 continuous hours on, he will be exposed in the monstrance on the altar for people to come in night and day to worship him and, and to invite, it's kind of a renewal for the parish to renew our faith in Jesus, in the real Mm -hmm. presence of Jesus in the Eucharist. Exactly. And the last time I remember having this was actually when I was 1986 and I was teaching at St. Mary's in Palmdale. And I believe it was, it was the Sacred Heart Fathers who were in charge mm-hmm. of doing that. Yeah. And there was a priest from the Sacred Heart Fathers who came and he was trying to get the school children to participate in this 40 hours devotion that we were going to have, this adoration of Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament. And he told a story and he said, during World War II, there was an American battleship naval battleship that went through the war combat status without a single casualty what yeah yes the entire war and what happened well on that battleship they had a catholic chaplain and the catholic chaplain he had talked to the captain before he talked to the men but he talked to the men and he said i want every man on the ship to know that we are every man on this ship will make a holy hour before jesus and the blessed sacrament Every single day. Powerful. And 
they're like, hey, we're not all Catholic. We don't have to go along with this. We're going to the captain and talk to him. And they went to the captain and they said, Captain, we don't like this. And he said, you know what? Anybody who doesn't like this can sign off my ship. I have decided along with the chaplain that this is what we need because we need protection during this war and we need the protection of God and his angels. And so he went and every single day, every man on that ship, regardless of religious affiliation, made a Eucharistic holy hour. And there were some men who didn't like it and they signed off. But you know, after that ship had been in battle several (laughs) times and never lost a man, uh, the word got around, yeah. and all of a sudden there was a waiting list of names <laughs> of men who wanted to be on that ship. I love it. But what was it? Because they took time out of there, and these were men in battle. Yeah. Just like that, that, com- that squadron commander in Canada, when he was in the midst of battle, he was heard over the radio praying, leading his men in prayer. And, and again, here it was, the chaplain, but the, the captain backed him, and every day these men made a Eucharistic holy hour. And they, now, now that's not to say that, you know, well, I don't know what would have happened. Well, what a difference. I mean, if that, if God did that for that one ship, what a difference that would have made in the war. Mm. Are there any other examples of that? Well, Bob and Penny Lord have a, uh, um, a book on miracles and Eucharistic miracles. Mm-hmm. And during World War II, there was a French village that for 150 years had had Eucharistic adoration. That means that that Jesus was exposed in the monstrance and everybody in that village took time out of their busy week. These were peasants who worked in the fields and they would pray before Jesus in the blessed sacrament every day. Hitler ordered that village to be destroyed. And so he sent his bombers and they, they dropped their bombs dead on village center Mm -hmm. right there where the church was. We're going to blow this thing off the face of the earth. And just the strangest thing happened. Not a single bomb fell in the the village itself. They were all deflected to the fields around the village. Amazing. They could not destroy the village and the church. It's amazing. Are we asking God for protection? Are we asking God for his grace? Are we battle ready here? People, we are fighting a spiritual war. It's on. Read your Bible. It's on. Are we fighting with, with, with just human beings? Do you think that, that this election cycle is just, I mean, with the COVID and the lockdown, don't you see that your faith is under attack? Amen. You could, nothing is essential. Everything's essential now, except what? Oh, Oh, religion. I don't have to go to church anymore. I don't have to, you know, go to mass anymore. I can't go to confession anymore. I can't receive the sacraments anymore. But that's okay. I'm fine. As long as I can go to Walmart, I can go gamble, I can whatever. Go to the liquor store. Yep. What marijuana? Wow. Wake up. Wake up. (laughs) These stories should inspire you to fall deeper in love with Jesus Christ and his bride in the church. I would ask you to go tell two people at the dinner table on Thanksgiving these stories. We're going to come back with much more with the Bible with the Barber. If you shop on Amazon.com, there's an easy way to support Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Just visit smile.amazon.com and type in Catholic Resource Center under the desired charity. Now, when you log into your Amazon account and purchase products, 
a portion of it will automatically go to support Virgin Most Powerful Radio at no cost to you. Thanks in advance for supporting CRC and VMPR, and may God richly bless you and your family. How does the baby eat? Can the baby hear me? How did the baby get in there? Wow, a pregnancy can sure generate a lot of questions. But what's important is that a baby is a baby, inside and out of the womb. Not just after birth, but nine months before, at conception. That's right, every baby is a miracle. Hello, my name is Marianne Kuharski. I'm the director of Pro-Life Across America. If you know someone who is pregnant or in need of alternatives or assistance or would like to support the work of Pro-Life Across America, please visit our website at prolifeacrossamerica.org or better yet, simply dial pound 250 on your cell phone and say the keyword pro-life. Pro-Life Across America is non-political and totally educational. A baby's heart is beating 18 days from conception. Pro-Life Across America Buying or selling your home or your business property? This is Terry Barber. Real Estate for Life underwrites The Terry and Jesse Show. And they can connect you to one of 900 pro-life real estate agents around the world. And when they receive their referral fee, they will give 80% of it to a pro-life organization. Wow, that's 80%. Realestateforlife.org, 877-LIFE-US1. Now, back to Bible with the Barbers. If you have a question or comment, call 888-526-2151. Here's Terry and Mary Danielle. Here we are. Here we are on this Friday, the 13th of November, the Feast of St. Francis Xavier Cabrini, the first American citizen to be canonized a saint. God bless her. Do you know, do you know that she came to Los Angeles? Yeah, 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 and she she established a school outside of um, Denver. Yep, that's right. We yeah. were there. We visited the shrine where she. Yeah, all yeah, over. So awesome. And she went to South America too. She was a little tiny Italian lady, and <laughs> she had been told she couldn't enter the convent because she was too sickly, and so she just established her own religious community. <laughs> I just <laughs> that, love that's it. The direct approach. Yeah, direct. And then she went to the Pope, and she said, "I want to go to China, and I want to evangelize China." And 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 the Pope said, "No, I want you to go to America." And she said. Holy Father, America's too small for my zeal. And I was like, no, this is where God wants you. So she came to New York, That's and it cute. was beautiful. She served the immigrants here in America. It was beautiful. You have to read her story. Awesome story. So we're talking about the Eucharist and the beauty of the our Eucharistic adoration. And, you know, I, there may be non-Catholics out there listening, and I hope there are. I, I want to explain to you what the Eucharist we believe. And, of course, we told you, John 6. We talked about John 6 and Jesus saying, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood. Very realistic language. And he repeats that several times in John 6. And then at the Last Supper, he says, this is my body. This is my blood. So as Catholics, and this has been the faith of the church since the beginning. Paul tells us in Corinthians that, you know, this, that the Eucharist is really, you know, I've handed on to you what I myself received, that Jesus Christ on the night he was betrayed. And then he, 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 tells you about the institution of the Holy Eucharist, and it's, it's in 1 Corinthians 11. Um, I've got it highlighted here if I can find it. 
I think, 1 Corinthians 11. No, that's 2 Corinthians. I'm in 2 Corinthians, sorry. Anyway, he talks about the Eucharist, okay, in, in Corinthians, and about what, you know, that he handed on to you what he himself had received. And I keep getting the wrong chapter and verse here. Sorry, people. Okay, thank you, Chad. We're getting there. So he said, okay, 1 Corinthians 11. He talks about the institution of the Eucharist. For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, also the chalice after the supper saying, this is chalice is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And that remembrance, this is a Jew speaking. And remember, that remembrance doesn't mean something that I remember in the past. It's a remembering that by the grace of God somehow makes present that past so that that, that that it's not a past thing. But but what Jesus did at the Last Supper actually becomes present in that moment. And then G Paul goes on to say something. Who therefore eats and drinks, eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy man that will be guilty of profaning the body and blood of the Lord. Mm. That is killing Jesus Christ. That's what Paul's saying there, that this, this is real, real. It's really our Lord. And, and how do we know that there was worship? Well, we know that, you know, they worship Jesus in the Gospels, my Lord and my God, and they fall down and worship. And then you have in, in the book of Revelations, when John is caught up to heaven and he sees Jesus in heaven in Revelation 1, verse 17, he falls down before him. And Jesus is dressed as a priest, by the way. He's dressed as a priest there mm -hmm. in Revelation 1. And John falls down. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. But he laid his right hand upon me saying, Fear not, I am the first and the last. And the living one, I died and behold, I am alive and living forevermore. And I have the keys of death and hates. That's how we know for sure it's Jesus. And then we have in, in um, Revelation 4 and 5, the worship of God in heaven. Mm -hmm. And worthy are you Lord God to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things and by your will you existed and the living creatures fall down before the Lord. Well, how do we know that the lamb is, is the Lord also? Well, in, in chapter five, we have this scroll that nobody can read. And then we're told that the lamb of God can read it. And what happens? They give the scroll to the lamb. And when he had taken the scroll, when the lamb had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb, each holding a harp with the golden bowls full of incense, saying, worthy are you to take the scroll and open its seal. For you were slain, and by your blood you ransomed men for God from every tribe and tongue and people and nation. And you have made them a kingdom of priests for our God. Worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. To him who sits upon the throne and to the lamb be blessing, honor, glory, and might forever and ever. So in heaven, they're worshiping the lamb. And this is, we believe, the Eucharist, because Jesus said it, because the church has always taught it from the beginning, that the Eucharist is really Jesus, body, blood, soul, and divinity, present under the appearance of bread yes. and wine at mass. <clears throat> in the Eucharist, he is present, really present, as he is present in heaven, as he's present there in Revelation chapter 1, 
4 and 5 and throughout Revelation because it's the same Jesus who is in heaven. It's the second person of the Blessed Trinity who became man who's still present in the Eucharist, still with us, God with us, Emmanuel. Mary, Malachi 1.11 prophesies that a pure offering would be made always and everywhere from the rising of the sun to the setting my name is great among the nations and in every place incense, interesting, is offered to my name and a pure offering for my name is great among the nations, says the Lord of hosts. This pure offering is, is Jesus. Jesus. His crucifixion is represented or renewed at every minute of every day. About 300,000 th- 300, times a day. I check this out. The chalice is lifted worldwide, four chalices per second, in a magnificent, literal fulfillment of that prophecy. Absolutely. And this is the church has always taught this. Yeah, I could say me excited, doesn't it? It, it, it does. And, and, uh, and, you know, like those men in World War II, it didn't matter what denomination they were. Nope. They prayed the rosary. They did Eucharistic adoration. That's right. They found, but, but the biggest thing is it keeps them from sin. You know, it's interesting. When, when God raised up Joan of Arc to lead the armies of France to drive England out of France, and this happened, by the way, in the 1400s, so about 100 years or so before Henry VIII broke away from the church, God had, had spared France from being brought under the control of England by raising up this little peasant girl. And what was the first thing she did? When she went to the army to tell the, the, the leaders of the army that God had sent her to lead them to victory... She told them what? The men have to go to confession. You have to send all the women away. You're not to have any followers. That was the prostitutes who followed the camps. Right. No prostitutes, no gambling, no swearing. All the men have to go to mass. But they, first they had to go to confession. And so when she was leading the armies, it's, it's again, go back to the Old Testament. When God's people were faithful... Because wasn't isn't the title of this show today, Battle Ready? Are we battle ready? <laughs> this is a spiritual war. It began yeah. in the beginning. Remember when God created Adam and Eve? He made them immaculate. He created them without sin. And the devil came and tempted them, and they sinned. And then it became a battle for mankind, for the soul of mankind. Every, and every person has to fight this battle. And by the way, if you sin, sin is in the will then you chose it, and nobody else is responsible for your sin. If you chose with your will to reject God and to reject his law and to sin against him, that's your choice. Nobody made you do it. Not the devil, not the church, not your neighbor. You know, No, you t- and take responsibility for your sin and tell God you're sorry. Recognize that sin is an offense against God. When God's people were faithful and followed him, he fought their battles for him. He defeated their enemies. Read the book of Kings. Read about Hezekiah. And when Shennacherib came against him, and, and, and Hezekiah didn't even have to bring out a soldier. He just went before the Lord because he had repented of the sin of idolatry. He had restored the worship of God to the temple, and he had brought back God to the center of their life. Hmm. That's what we need to do now. Are we battle ready? Yeah. Are we ready to fight for our own souls, for the salvation of our souls? Or are we just going to lay down and say, oh, well, you know, again, I have to be able to go to Walmart. I have to be able to go to the grocery store. I have to be able to gamble. I have to have my vacations. I have to have my entertainments, but I don't have to have church. That's not important. Mary, if you, here's a good way to know about where you're at in this battle. If you know 
you have a battle for your soul, that's a good thing to have. But if you don't realize you're in a serious battle for death and life, life and death, then you're losing that battle. Yeah. So yeah. this is why it's a wake-up call. It's Absolutely. It's battle ready. What? You mean to tell? Yes. And I don't care if you're 20 years old, 10 years old, 50, 60, 70. 90. 90, 110. I mean, whatever. Whatever it is, life is short. Eternity is forever. We need to be prepared to bet for that exit interview with our Lord. And the best way to be ready is to be living in the state of grace. Absolutely. So we, we want we want to pray that rosary every day. And remember, the rosary is not, it's not worshiping Mary. Oh. It's meditating on the life of our Lord. It's meditating on salvation history, what God has done to save us from sin. And remember, God didn't come to save us right. from temporal suffering. And he didn't come to say, come to establish an earthly paradise. Jesus says that. He tells Pilate, if my kingdom were of this world, my subjects would be fighting right now to release me. That's right. My kingdom is not here. He came to establish the kingdom of God. That kingdom of God is within us because God lives within us. And we're supposed to establish it on earth in the sense that we are supposed to treat one another as brothers and sisters and live in love. Like John says in the first reading today, love one another, live in truth. Be honest and, and upright, and, but pray and give up your sins. And then the Eucharist, we believe that Jesus is in our presence. We believe that God is still with us mm -hmm. in the Eucharist. Yep. Well, let's act like that then. Let's be there. Let's spend time with him. When you love someone, you want to spend time with them. If some guy came to your door and knocked and said, I want to date you, but you know what? All the time I have for you is Sunday morning, 45 minutes, maybe an hour if you're really good, you know, but I have a really busy schedule and I have a lot to do. Would you, seriously, that's the only time you can see me or talk to me? Um, I don't think so, honey. I would have never got her. Amen. <laughs> you know, I, no, you, when you love someone, you want to spend time with them. That's right. And if we know that Jesus Christ is really present in the Eucharist, yeah. let's spend time with them. It doesn't matter if you're Catholic or not. You can come into any Catholic church that's open. Please, God, some of them are open. And you can spend time with our Lord. And the rosary is not a Catholic prayer. It's a prayer from the scripture. It's a scripture prayer. And it is Catholic. Yes, it's Catholic because it came from the Catholic Church. And the Catholic Church is the church that Jesus Christ founded. But it's a church for every, it's a prayer for every Christian to pray. And Eucharistic adoration is for every Christian because it's Jesus Christ. For those of you who are just brand new to the Bible with the Barbers, you can check out our podcast. Every one of these shows are on our website. You can listen to them. They're by themes. And I just want to thank you for joining us with the Bible with the Barbers. I hope the storytelling, I hope the Bible teachings are going to inspire you to fall deeper in love with Jesus Christ and his bride, the church. So live in the state of grace. Go to confession. Confess our sins to the Lord. If you're Catholic, receive the sacrament. Go and spend time with Jesus in the Eucharist. Pray your rosary every day. May God richly bless you in full scene ahead at Virgin Most Powerful Radio. God bless you. St. Faustina's Prayer for Priests O my Jesus, I beg thee on behalf of the whole Church, grant it love and the light of thy Spirit, and give power to the words of priests, so that hardened hearts might be brought to repentance and return to thee, O Lord. Lord, give us holy priests, Thou thyself maintain them in holiness. O divine and great high priest, may the power of thy mercy accompany them everywhere and protect them from the devil's traps and snares, which are continually being set for the souls of priests. 
May the power of thy mercy, O Lord, shatter and bring to naught all that might tarnish the sanctity of priests. For thou canst do all things. Amen. Virgin most powerful, pray for us. Virgin Most Powerful Radio, sharing the gospel with clarity and charity.